let's pretend that this isn't advice. And I'm Erin, and I'm not giving you advice. It's it's not advice. I can't help myself <laughs> give advice. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to live your life, but I know how to do it. I'm a huge know-it-all, and this is where I practice not giving advice to people, except I totally give advice to them. I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach, and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session, so I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. On this episode of This Is Not Advice, I have Angel Luna. Angel is a comedian, uh, writer, a magician, and a podcaster. And we talk about all of the th- all of the stuff. We talk about sobriety and what an act of hope it is to be a sober person. We talk about self-love. We talk about why magic and comedy go hand in hand. And I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is that um, choosing to love yourself is a choice. And you have to keep doing it every day, even when it doesn't feel like it. So here's something that I've been thinking about. I have been thinking about like what it means to um, be a victim. And I don't really mean victim in the sense of like something happens to you, are you a victim of a crime? I'm more talking about the being of victimhood when you are powerless when you don't have any options, when the world happens to you. And victimhood as a way of being, like I got to call myself out a little bit. It is super annoying to me because I have always been overly responsible and I've always worked really, really hard to make sure that like anything that's bad that happens to me doesn't happen again. And I think part of the problem that I have is that you know, for a long time, I did sit in the shit that was some of the bad things that happened to me. And I did relate to myself as a victim who had no power. And it was true in that structure, I didn't have power, but that didn't mean that I had to stay there. And I think that is something that we forget when we're feeling like everything's against us and nothing is working, is that the victimhood mindset can be like quicksand where you get drawn in and you don't see your way out. So Angel and I kind of talk about like one of the biggest acts of self-care is getting out of your environment. And I just really want to uh, advocate for that today. Freaking leave your house. Leave your house. If shit is hitting the fan, get out of your house. Go somewhere else. Um, Yeah, the shit might be there when you get back. But... Hopefully you'll have a little bit of wisdom or perspective or, I don't know, you smelled something new. Anyway, have a great day. Enjoy this episode. And if you, as a human being, would like to learn or practice how to love yourself more, uh, I do have room for one or two more clients. So reach out, Erin at ErinConlin.com. Have a great day. Hey, Angel. Howdy. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're out here. 
I love your headphones. Uh, they have like cute little, are those cat ears? Yeah, they're cat ears. Are you a cat person? I am a cat person. I am very much a cat person. And I like um, cutesy things. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's a little strange because like uh, the way I dress a lot is is very like, you know, emo, punk rock style. And then there'll be like a pink thing on me somewhere. That is then, exactly what you look like right now. Just for the people who can't see, Angel. I'm literally wearing, wearing a t-shirt that says emo on it. <laughs> <laughs> and a black bandana and pink earphones with cat ears on it. It's adorable. And like gray colored hair. And yeah. Is that your ring. natural gray? No, 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 no. This is uh, this is a dye job. This is Manic Panic Alien Gray. Oh. Uh, Manic Panic, sponsor me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I use your products for the last decade and they've been great. Yeah. Well, Angel, for the people who are listening, who who are you? <laughs> who am I? Yeah, I am but a specter in the world. No, um, uh, I'm hi. I'm Angel Luna. Uh, I am a comedian, magician, and podcaster. Yeah, tell, let's talk. Well, what do you want to talk about first? Magician, um, <laughs> podcasting, magician. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> obviously you want to talk about me being a magician. <laughs> well, it's just really, it's a really cool, oh no. Oh no. Uh, I'm selling my motorcycle and somebody just called and I didn't put my thing on. Um, okay, what a flex. Um, <laughs> I'm selling my motorcycle. Uh, you want to answer that? That's totally fine. No, I don't want to answer that. Okay, gotcha. Uh, no, um, okay, yeah, I'll tell you about being a magician. Uh I became a magician a handful of years ago. Um, when I moved to Chicago, I was about a year sober, and I decided to move to the drunkest city in America. <laughs> like a real <laughs> smart person. And, um, and like, you know, all the shows are in bars and stuff. And, you know, when I was in te- when I was, when I started comedy, it was in uh, North Texas. And, you know, you, when I got sober, my friends were like, my comedian buddies were cool with it. And they were like, great, this is great. We'll support you. So I had like my core group of people that made sure I didn't drink and the works. But then I got, you know, to Chicago, I had nobody. And then, so everybody just wants to drink. And uh, yeah. I would go to open mics and stuff. And one day I just saw a magician doing close up magic. And I've always been a huge magic fan. Uh, you know, I've always, I'm never the guy who's lying. All oh, that crap's fake. That blah, I don't want to see that. I've always been like, yes, please do more tricks. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I love seeing how tricks are done. Not like in the moment. I hate those people. Like as a performer, like as a magic performer, just if you, if just a quick aside <laughs> to anybody who ever watches magic, if you're like hyper focusing, trying to catch the person, do it. Uh, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not that person. I'm like, okay, what is that trick called? And then somebody will tell me and then I'll look it up and I'm like, that's incredible. Cause I really appreciate the mechanics of a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day, you know, I went up to this person. I was like, hey, can I see a trick? They're like, yeah. I'm like, this is incredible. What what book did you read? What what did you do? And they gave me a recommendation. And then they said, oh, there's this guy on YouTube who teaches. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And then started watching. And I literally did it just to learn how to shuffle cards and maybe a card trick or two that I would do for, my, for some people that I knew. And then um, I just slowly evolved into like, hey, you should do this for people. And then... Uh, Somebody said, uh, hey, Angel, God, we love you when you do your magic tricks at the end of the shows. I was like, oh, thanks, man. He's like, hey, you want to do it on stage? And I was like, yeah, sure. 
and then it just kind of blossomed from there. And I was, I've just been a magician ever since. And I do magic and I do parties and <laughs> the works. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> was. Pandemic is a bit rough. <laughs> it's been kind of tough for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I was about to, ju- so tell in the 2019, I had gotten a new job. And I had left the job that I had fallen in love with, which is like mistake number one. Never fall in love with your job. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know, I started this new job and it was like fine. Um, but I was like not into it. And like my job wasn't into me. And it's like one of those things where like this isn't, we both know this isn't working. And, uh, and so I left. But at the time I was doing so well doing magic shows and comedy shows that uh, I was like, I think I'll be okay. And. I had this big tour booked with uh, Whitney, Whitney Wasson, former guest. Um, and like, we we're going to have a great time. And I was going to do magic and stand up and it was great. And uh, Panini happened and the, uh, and everything went south and I lost um, four months worth of bookings. Like overnight. Oh, that's brutal. Like, and like making great money. Like I'm, I'm talking like, more money than I made out of day job money. Yeah. I work in like a night a week. <laughs> like it was incredible. Like, yeah, I was just, cause it was the first time I'd like really like been like, I'm going to just perform for a living. And it was great. Cause for like the first month I was just performing for a living and it was incredible. And it was the dream and I was making good money. And like, I bought myself like a bunch of magic. Like I was, you know, instead of, instead of saving my money, in case something happened, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy this. And then, like a real dumb dumb. And then the panini mm-hmm. happened. I was like, okay, well, I, I still have some of this money. And then uh, I didn't listen to my gut. And I succumbed to fear and I moved back to Texas. So, yeah. Oh, so are you in Texas right now? I'm currently in Texas. Yes. What When you say you didn't listen to your gut and you succumbed to fear, is that like you just moved back to feel safe? Or what do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, it was one of those things where... Um, the pandemic happened and people were getting sick in the works and just like everyone and their mother, including mine uh, in Texas kept calling me and they were like, Hey, you should move back. And I was just like, ah, no, I think I'll be fine. Meanwhile, I'm unemployed running out of money. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like job hunting like intensely and doing everything. And there was a job that I think was going to work out, but, um, and, uh, they were just like, yeah, you need to move back and blah, and please move back. We'll feel better and stuff. And, my gut was telling me not to do it, but I did it. And, you know, it's it's up there with some regrets. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe staying in Chicago wouldn't have been the best thing. But, you know, it's one of those deals where I'm like, I'm here now. And, and it's just kind of been tricky because I don't I have not performed in Texas yet because of reasons <laughs> i'm just like i'm not into it i don't feel like doing it here and like mm. but i went to visit chicago recently and i performed again and i was like this is great why didn't i do this and i was like oh it's because you're an addict angel and you know that if you do it in, in texas you'll settle and you i don't want to settle so that's interesting i have so many questions but like when it. you say you're an addict and you'll settle what does that mean like what do you how does being an addict have anything to do with settling? Uh, well, I'm 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 sober. I actually, recently celebrated over five years sober. Yes, Thank congratulations! You. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, five years, nine days, ten days. 
10 days now. That's um, so badass. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I used to drink way too much and uh, like a lot, a lot. And um, it's just, you know, self-improvement is difficult and it's not fun and it's, you know, not a the easiest journey, but it's something you do and you face a lot of difficult things. And um, something I learned over years of therapy and such is like, oh, like, you know, one of the reasons I have so many bad habits that I'm actively trying to always fix, but I tend to fall back into is because uh, I'll settle for anything, which means like I'll settle for the buzz. I'll settle for, as long as it's different. Like as long as, long as it, even if it's like, um, hang on, sorry, there's a lot of noise in my background. Puppies. I'm going to imply you edit this. I don't, but... <laughs> oh, you don't? Okay, that's fun. All right, well, get ready for a whole lot of background noise. <laughs> Trust me, it happens. I have a puppy. She loves to show up, and then my cat will, like, circle around the mic. It's, right. you know... We just a, live in a world. <laughs> yeah, it's a mix of, like, the puppy moving around and then, like, my brother yelling at the puppy, so... <laughs> mm, gotcha. Um, but, um... What was I saying? I'm sorry. I totally lost track. Oh, right. Uh, so, you know, you're always chasing a dragon, that that mm-hmm. classic thing. And I know, and just being on stage when I went to Chicago, and I was like, oh, right. I love this feeling so much of making people laugh and making people get big eyes when, when you do a magic trick that I was like, if I do that in Texas, I'll be like, you know what? I could just do it here. It's fine. But like, it's not where I want to be. It's not where I want to do it. But that feeling is so intense that like, um, that you do it. I mean, yeah, yeah, that that's that's my main fear. And also, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Texas scene. No offense to anybody who does it here or anything. Um, I know a lot of Greek comedians who do it here and honestly should be mega stars by now. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not into the Texas scene myself. So when are you moving back? You know, in theory, I should have already been there. <laughs> um, hopefully I'm moving back by next year, like early next year. A lot of things and cooking in the cooking and fires. Uh, the main thing is is really you know moving to a city. Moving to another city is expensive, and nine times out of ten you need a job when you get there. Mm-hmm. And job hunting is very difficult when you're also being like, yeah, and I'll move there because then they'll be like, well, we don't pay for moving. It's fine, I'll pay for it, eh, or we just got hire somebody local. And it's like, all right, <laughs> so. It's tricky, but I'm I'm trying to get back. It's a little bit of a chicken and an egg thing, right? Like if you want to be here, it sounds like you could get here and get hired pretty quickly. Yeah. Sorta. Sorta, yeah. Uh I've been trying. I have been. But, you know, I recently got some certifications and stuff to try to be more competitive and there's something that looks very, very promising. And the nice. other thing is like I'm not just gonna just get a job. Like I'd want a very nice job that would like uh Provide and the works for lack of a well, better term. Yeah. How does getting a job support your larger goal of going back to being a, ma- a magician? Um, uh, and a it, comedian. Yeah. And a, and a performer, an artiste. Um, you know, I mean, I have a job now here in Texas, which is fine. And it mm-hmm. pays the bills and the works. And it's helping me save up for the eventual move. Um, just, I guess that blanket. Of security, because I always had a day job through everything, right? Because, like, performing never paid all my bills uh, until, like, right before the pandemic. 
And so, and so like, uh, just the idea of like being somewhere, it, it helps with, you know, getting into pot, getting a approved for an apartment and so on and so forth. It's, it's very basic, like, yes, job equals money that I can live off of. So I can do my hobbies that will eventually become the main, the main hustle, which is what I did for all, for the longest. And it's what I plan to do again. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the art of magic and comedy. Like, I feel like you can't be a good mu- ma- magician unless you're funny. Am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong. You have to be charming. Even if you're not haha funny, you have to have something. Yeah. What is that? Like, what do you think that that is? I mean, nobody likes assholes. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, nobody likes or if you are an asshole, you have to be at least charming about it. Because a lot of because a lot even my act, like a lot of med- magic acts are are like. The magician low-key making fun of the person. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, man, focus. Let's go. Let's do this trick. Well, you're if you're going to trick somebody yeah, and you want them on board with it, right? Like yeah. the per- when you were saying earlier, the magician who or the people who try and figure out the trick while it's happening to them, they're they're jerks. <laughs> they can be jerks. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to they're trying to get you. And yeah. it's and it's the thing is like magic is inherently lying. But it's a social contract of you're like, yes, I am lying to you. And that's okay because we're having fun. Like we're not trying to – no one – if you're a magician and you're out here to make people look dumb, then you're not going to succeed, I think. Right. Like because at the end of the day, you're the fool. Like, you know, we're we're just performers going, hey, look at me, laugh, give me coins, like you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me figgy pudding. I don't know. Like <laughs> – you know, we're, we're just a bunch of silly gooses that learn how to fuck around with some cards or a piece of paper that goes to fire when you do something a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's a, like, it's just one of those deals where it's like, yeah, like you, you need to be entertaining. I think, you know, what makes a podcast intriguing being entertained, even, even like the most dry sounding person, as long as they have something that like hooks you in, you're, you're locked in. Right. Yeah. What are we buying from you right now? From me? Buying mm-hmm. from me? Yeah. Like, what? Are, how are you hooking us? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's like watching a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are, are you really relating to yourself as a hot mess that? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Crushed bunch of steel. <laughs> yeah. So fucking ridiculousness and the re- and the worst part is like the crash is over like a really dumb reason yeah it's not even like somebody was texting it's like no i dropped my hot dog and the mustard <laughs> got on my like you know the my life is is has been a, a series of hilarious tragedies i like to think <laughs> like when you say hilarious tragedies is there mm-hmm. something that you have in mind uh Hilarious. No, it's just I've 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 always joked that if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Mm. And so, like, just a bunch of things that have not gone my way, and it's always usually over something dumb. <laughs> like, like I lost a job once just because, uh, just because the person who sent me the invite sent me the wrong calendar thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, like silly things like that where I'm like, that's so what a human thing to happen. But you know, it just. My life could have taken a completely different turn, but because some intern somewhere was like, oh, yeah, this is the one, you know, stuff like that. And, like, it's one of those deals where you're like, I can't even be mad at that. Like, come on, it's, it happens, you know? Yeah. Where 
when you think about these things, um, like, do you think that the universe is working for you? Um, hmm. What a good question. That's a really good question. Um, it's funny because when any time something good happens, me and my friends will say something like, the universe provides. And then when something bad happens, we're like, the universe takes away. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it, it's that that fun. I think the universe is just is. And, and it's all chaos. And it's, and it's, but it's pretty, so it's okay. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those deals where it's like, I could blame God, I could blame the universe, I could, or I could just be like, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, but the other thing is like, you know, you're allowed to have your emotions about it. That's mm-hmm. something I learned because growing up um, and I've talked to my my mom about this, actually, just like, hey, just so you know, like this thing you did <laughs> is very unhealthy um, mm-hmm. about like uh, just not letting emotions be felt. Like you should never feel bad because somebody always has it worse. Oh, that, God, that is a pet peeve of mine. It's the fucking worst. I've always hated it. I think I was four years old and I was first told that. And I was like, that's bullshit, like, as a four-year-old. Uh, um, like, I didn't even know what bullshit meant. I just instinctively said it. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and, like, and I've always hated that. And so, like, my big thing is, like, you are absolutely allowed to feel your emotions if you're angry about something that's out of your control, that's fine. It's okay. Just don't let it like rule your life. Um, yeah. And it's, it's something I learned like with, uh, with recovery because a lot of us, you know, do something, drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be to try to avoid experiencing other emotions. And just like, you know, like, it's just, I just want the good emotions, right? You're, you're right. the crazy, you're the, you're the one who's like hyper fixated on happiness from inside out that one, like, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, life is like a kaleidoscope of emotions that, you know, play off of each other. And so I say, live in that emotion, embrace the emotion. Uh, recently, you know, I was working on my podcast uh, and like, we just had like a, almost a two week stretch of of not doing anything because you know things that were out of our control whether it's like i got sick the other person got sick um and we were finally like okay finally we could do this date and the, they hit me with a hey i can't do it today and i and i and i just you know i was a little i was a little i was a sussy little baka and i was just like <laughs> and i was just like okay fine whatever and they were like why are you being an asshole and i'm like you know what this is why this is what's been happening and I got really excited and that's not on you. And I completely understand where you're coming from and it's okay. And I don't blame you, but I'm still allowed to be mad. <laughs> how did that, how did that go over? It went great. Actually. They were like, Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. It, you know, I didn't even think of that because the person at this point had gotten so used to, Start like just like ah, we'll figure it out later. Where I was like, hey, let's not figure it out later. Let's figure it out now. Like, yeah, it's one of those deals. And like, I love my coast. Oh, drop something. Sorry. <laughs> what did I drop? My emotions. No. Um, <laughs> it's actually my phone. Um, no, yeah, I love my co-host and Nash Flynn, my co-host for our podcast, uh, Death and Friends. 
Um, and they're great. And we always have an open dialogue where we're very honest about how we're feeling all the time, which I think is very nice and healthy to have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Like the universe is, it just is. Um, I do believe in like, you know, you can manifest things sometimes. Yeah. But at the same time, like if it's not meant to be manifested, it's not meant to be. And it's okay. <laughs> what, um, you know, like sobriety and spirituality kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I'm really curious about for you is we're dancing around this idea of what the universe is and like what God is and what manifesting is. What is it for you? You know, I listen to um, a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the ones I listen to is uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. And like, he loves love that podcast. He loves talking about this shit. And, um, I think of years of listening to that and like reading some of the material he's read and like, honestly, like going through recovery and stuff. um, I've learned. Why do you care so much? (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where it's like, why do you, why, why do we care so much about what's after what's beyond us? Worry about yourself now. That, That's that, interesting. You know, worry about yourself now. I think, and the, and I think that that connects to a lot of us in different ways. Like you know, you know, oh, how am I going to do this, dude? Worry about right now. Worry about you right now. A lot of us are so worried about like where my career is going to be in this year, and like they're so focused. A lot of performers are like grinding, grinding, grinding to try to get the thing because in a few years they'll be past their prime or you know whatever the fuck reason is. Don't worry about that. Worry about right now. Right. And I think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say it's really interesting because like as a coach, a lot of what I do is look towards people's goals and their desires. And so there's an inherent tension, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The tension being between, you know, the life that you want to have and empowering that. Right. And also the joy and possibility of being present. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Sorry, I I wasn't reacting to you. There was a lot of noise. It's okay. But like for you, what is that? Um, I'm a firm believer that if you take care of yourself now, like if you take care of like the main thing now, the rest comes later really easily. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, so if I work on being emotionally healthy right now, if I work on, you know, just not drinking today, the next day will be easier and the next day after. That's the other thing. Like you take one day at a time with um, alcohol recovery, and that's what I've been doing with the rest of my life, and it's been working out pretty good. You know, yeah. I'm not worried about my show next weekend. I'm worried about, you know, so, something so to give you an, an example of what I do. Um, with magic stuff, I'm not worried about a show that I'll have at the weekend if it's going to be good or not. I worry about getting this trick down right now because then that'll be ready for that weekend. Yeah. I'm not worried about my outfit next week for this party. I'm worried about making sure my laundry is done for today in case something maybe next week doesn't work out and I have laundry ready. You know, stuff like that. Like, it seems silly and... 
I don't know, but you know, that's, that's what I do. I worry about today and right now because that's, because, you know, I very firmly believe that, you know, there might not be a tomorrow. So mm-hmm. why worry about tomorrow? Do you worry a lot? Often. I often do. See, so rather <laughs> than focusing your anxiety on 10, 10 days from now or 10 weeks from now, you're like, I, I recognize I, am, I, have, I have anxiety. So it's just for today. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> you very much nailed it. I'm like, there's too much shit to be worried about today to be worried about tomorrow. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So that's it's one of those deals, yeah. Have you have you ever like thought about what life would be like with less worry or less anxiety? You mean with money? Yeah, I do. I do have to think about what life would be with money. Um no, uh, you know. No, answer I love that. Like with money, <laughs> money helps, man. Money makes uh, money in fact, a little buys, bit easier. Money can in fact buy happiness, uh, because you can afford anything you need. Uh, I need help in order to work on my anxiety, but I have a job and I have to do this. Oh, I have money, I can just do it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sad fact of our neo-capitalistic world. Um, um and I also recognize like money does not solve everything at the same time. Well, uh, have well, you ever heard that study where it was like at a certain point, no more money makes it better, but having a, yeah, like a hundred percent. That's why like when I play the lottery, I don't play the million dollar one. I play like the couple hundred thousand dollar one <laughs> specifically, <laughs> literally specifically for that reason. Cause I'm like, if I get a hundred million dollars, I'll become a monster. <laughs> like I will become, do you, do you ever watch Futurama? No, I don't. Uh, there's this episode of Futurama where Bender, he's a robot. He becomes human and he just decides to do everything he's always wanted to do as a human. And he becomes like this mammoth sloth, sexual deviant, holy fuck thing. That's gross. <laughs> and I'm like, that's going to be me if I win a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, That's a mistake. Like, why does he have a mansion and a garage with every single DeLorean ever built? I'm like, that's Angel. It's- <laughs> But no, uh, it's one I, but a hundred percent, that's why I only play a couple thousand dollars. I was like, I just need this to buy everything I ever wanted and realize it doesn't make me happy. And then I can move on. Uh, <laughs> um, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, it's just, uh, what is life without anxiety? Hmm. I don't know. I think it'd be nicer for sure. Knowing my dumb brain and probably find something else to worry about. Um, I think I'd be easier. I'd I'd uh, probably have an easier time making decisions on stuff, and I wouldn't regret nearly as much. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know how they say like life's too short to regret. I'm just like life is too long. That's why we regret. Uh, <laughs> like it's. it's uh, I have a handful of regrets that I think about every day where I'm like, mm, yeah, that's a thing. What do you, like, I kn- I hear moving from Chicago was one of your regrets. Yeah. What are, what are some of the others? Uh, wearing skinny jeans one time in high school, which is not a good look. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wear them now, but like at the time I did not have the confidence to pull them off. Uh, let's see, uh, certain things like romantically, mm-hmm. like I often think about like, man, what would my life have been if I didn't majorly fuck that up? Um, 
regrets about like the person I used to be. I used to be like not a great person. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'm a good person now, but like I fully recognize I was a terrible person at one point. Like had think? all the shitty opinions, had treated uh. people terribly, treated a partner terribly. Yeah, like I, I recognize fully that uh, one day I'm gonna have to probably answer in a public forum a lot of the things I did that were not good. <laughs> And it's probably going to cost me a lot, but I'm okay with that because it's like, you know what? You've made your bed and you have to lay in it. So, Well, why are you waiting? Why am I waiting? That's a good question. Um, I, I've addressed some of it. Yeah, I definitely have, but not all of it. And I definitely want to just be, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it also feels like villainous <laughs> to be like, hey, before any of this stuff comes out, just, I just want you to know, I, I I did this already. So there, and then I'm scot-free. Because I think then I just have to do it again and re-explain myself, and that's fine. Well, yeah. there, I think that there's a difference between, you know, saying sorry now because you don't want to have problems when you're famous. Right. And also... It, like, famous. <laughs> Well, you said answer in a public forum, so I'm just assuming it's because uh, you're going to be an amazing world-class music- magician, comedian who, you know, is going <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, I appreciate but, that. Like, thank you. <laughs> I also think, you know, what I'm hearing is, yeah, you want to say you're sorry, you recognize the shittiness of your ways, but maybe there's a piece that's missing for you to have it be accepted as real. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I never thought of it that way. Um, I do I do bring it up anytime I do a podcast. So this mm-hmm. is not the first time I've talked about this on a show or anything. So there's there's tape on me speaking about this. Um, and I've actually made amends. I did a 12 Questions pod, which is a variety podcast. And I made amends on the show. Like, or at least I tried to. Um, uh, it's just, you know, that's, that's a really good way of putting that. I think... Um, I think I will forever be apologizing for who I was always. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, maybe not now it won't reach the audience. It will, it will, but it could, but you know, I think apologizing is more for me Yeah. and the other person, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. It shows how narcissistic I am. Well, it's- it's, <laughs> apologies aren't performative. That's they're, true. They're for reparations. Like that is to true. repair. Yeah, and like all the regrets are there. See, I can. That's the other thing. I definitely hide uh, insecurity and anxiety with jokes, so I can't even say the word regret without being making a joke out of it. Um, But you just did. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I am okay with forever apologizing for it, and I honestly do mean it because, yeah, and. yeah, it's just one of those one of those deals. And here's the other thing: I don't expect to be forgiven ever. Yeah, and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm always really admire I admire about people who choose sobriety and live through it mm-hmm. is that, in my mind, sobriety is like the ultimate act of hope and redemption. Because what had you get to the place where you had to choose it? Right. Is kind of a shit ton of self-loathing. Accurate. And you have to believe that you're worth something yeah. to choose something other than that. 
You know, I never heard it put that way, and it's very beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm having a moment to, like, sit down at the table with that. I, I do yeah. this I do this thing mentally where I, um, when it's a difficult emotion or sometimes just something to process, uh, instead of just taking it in, I, like, sit down with it and, like, have, like, a mini conversation with it. And I'm just like... That's really nice. I never thought of it that way. Because, you know, at the time, and even now, it's just about getting my shit together. But I never thought of it like it's like, because I think I'm worth something. And so that's, that's lovely. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Like, how is, how's that meal leaving you? It's oof, getting teary-eyed. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm winning. I'm winning the podcast. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's good. Well done, Aaron. Well done. You're welcome. Cheers to that. Well, I think it's really easy, like, especially around conversations about sobriety. It's very easy to relate to yourself as a piece of shit who had to fix yourself. Yes. And Definitely. I just I just don't relate to people as pieces of shit. <laughs> That's, you know what? That's very fair. That's very fair. That's very fair. And like, you know, uh, that's something you struggle with every day. I think as a sober person, you're constantly being like a piece of crap and like just being depressed and everything. Cause that's something I do have as well. I have like actually diagnosed anxiety and major depression. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'm clinical, y'all. I'm not just like a some person who's self-diagnosed. Like a doctor looked at me in the face and went like, you're very depressed. And I'm yeah, like, oh, I had that, thanks. I've had that conversation. It's not a fun conversation. It's not a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, especially when your doctor's like Don Rickles and he roasts you every time and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my old doctor used to be, uh, used to just like razz me up all the time. And I'd be like, okay, doc, I get it. He's like, seriously, you're very fat. I'm like, okay, dude, <laughs> you need to lose weight. I was like, all right, all right, I'm working on it. Like, it was hilarious. Like, you know, I think Tom Segura had that bit about like how his doctor used to roast him. And I never related to something so hard. <laughs> and I was like, yes, 100%. When doctors aren't like that, you hate them, but also love them. Um, Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, you know, it's bad when your doctor who makes fun of you all the time gets really serious. And he's like, Angel, are you okay? And you're like. Ah, what bit is this? And you're like, and he's like, there's no bit, buddy. Are you are you okay? And you're like, oh no. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. So it's just something you fight every day, and it's and it's something you you try to you know keep track of. But yeah, it's it's just tricky. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Uh, how do how do I take care of myself? In what sense do you mean? All of them. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to collate that. I would say I try to, man, what a question. That's a really good question. Can I get an example? Well, <laughs> can I phone know, a friend? <laughs> yes, you can. And like what I'm kind of hearing is that, you know, you, you have a therapist or you see doctors for your depression and anxiety, or you have, Mm -hmm. you keep yourself sober. Mm -hmm. Um, And also there are certain things that like you're, 
that you could work on like losing weight or whatever. I don't know. I have feelings about fat shaming. A hundred percent. I agree with you too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> and self care is way more than like eating green foods. Right. It's being connected with people. It's having an um, like emotional dynamism where you can expand and contract your emotions, where you can be the yellow and the blue ball from inside out. Mm-hmm. Yes, very nice. Um, it's one of my favorite movies. It's a great film. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. Do you think Inside Out is better than Soul? Uh, yes. Yeah. 100%. I think because Soul was amazing, too. Soul but. was great, but Pixar had already made a great movie about the afterlife, and it was called Coco. So. Oh, I mean, they're I'm Mexican little, too, so maybe I'm biased. They're a little <laughs> obsessed with death lately, I think. They have been, haven't they? Well, I mean, <laughs> if we're going to be honest here, Disney has always been obsessed with death. There's always a parent that dies. That is true. They're so, just like all about orphans and death. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Walt Disney was working through some shit, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's go back to taking care of yourself. A lot of what we're talking about in this conversation is mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, like working through the hard things to create art, being able to be with your whole self, even when you're not always proud of them. Mm-hmm. Like, so how do you do that? Um, okay. That, that helps a lot. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I count all my wins. Ah, oh, nice. So, and that's the thing I tell people when they're really down and I'm like, stop, you can count your losses all day and you're only going to feel shitty, but you need to start counting your wins. And it's something that I approach a lot of things with because if I didn't count my wins, I'm pretty sure I would have relapsed by now because you're... The way I learned from the few, because I I don't actually do AA. I went to a few meetings. I have a, but I, there's a handful of things I took away from it that I like do. Like I take I do the one day one day at a time. I have somebody I talk to mm-hmm. if I ever feel like I'm going to drink. And the other thing is like you know give yourself wins. So even if it's something small like I woke up today, you know, and mm-hmm. that's good and like that's a win. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I didn't drink today. At the end of the day, I'm like, you didn't drink today, kid. You did all right. I'm like, that's a win. You should count five that years, as a win. ten days. Yep. <laughs> At the time of this recording, yes. <laughs> um. Uh. You know, like you know, stuff like that. Like you got to count your wins, and you got to do that every time. Like, so many people are, are always worried about um. What they haven't done, and where they where they should be, and stuff like that. I'm like, look at what you where you are. Like, you know. That's important too. Like, you know, not necessarily do the comparative, like you have it better than most people, but do the, like, you have it good for the most part. And that's okay. It's not perfect, but you got something. Yeah. Right. You're alive and breathing. That's definitely a win. Well, a lot of people will find what they're looking for. Yeah. And so if you're counting wins and you're looking for wins, you will find them. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't looking for wins and you're looking for the shitty, shitty shit. You're going to find that too. And that's kind of like the beauty of choosing your perception. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. And I I fight that myself every day. There Mm -hmm. are days where I do not count wins and I'm just feeling real, real depressed, depressed. The depression monster, as I call it, is on some shit that day. And they're, they're, they're rocking and rolling. Um, yeah, like right now, I'm currently fighting like a real big bad bout of of depression, and, and it's rough. And like, uh, 
and like, I've been having more panic attacks lately. And like, and like, you know, part of me, and when I first started getting them, it was like, God, what's wrong with you? Why are you having panic attacks? And like, now what I'm doing is like, after a panic attack, it's like, hey, you made it through a panic attack. That's big. A lot of that's people huge. can't do that by themselves. And you did. So, yeah. so that's a win. Stuff like that. Like, you know, it's, it's not easy, but you got to do the work. And that's the thing. It's called the work for a reason. <laughs> like it's, Cause it's not easy. It's not easy. Not easy at all. And it's. Uh, you know, I think the and we went through this long expl- explanatory journey to get to how does angel self care? He puts in the work. Yeah, that's what I do. I put in the work, especially when it's not fun. But I feel like I need to do it, and I turn out okay. I think for the most part. What are some things that help you come out of a depression? Like, what are the tangible work things that you're doing for yourself right now? Um. Like things like uh, allowing myself to feel joy sometimes mm. is really important, even if it's really some small. Um, like uh, the other day, I was just like really swamped with work, like with the podcast work, and I was just like, "Oh, this is rough and this sucks." And like I'd been doing it all day, and. Uh, and like uh, you know, I'm watching videos on like uh, a history thing, and like on my rec- YouTube recommended, an ad for Spider Man came on, and I was like, I haven't played Spider Man in forever, so I allowed myself to play some Spider Man for like half an hour, and it was great. And I went back to work like with a great mood, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like it's small, but it's it's it means a lot. Um, I contact my friends. I go, Hey, what's up? And even if it's a little thing, even if it's a ten minute thing, I do it. Um. I think I think the big one is like just you know try to try to feel joy in one way or another, um, whether it's you know watching a video or reading something or etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doing yeah. a magic trick for yourself. <laughs> hey, I you know for me like when I'm in a depressive bout, I have to do something that is um, like a that gives me a sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that will help me stop feeling like a giant piece of shit like mm-hmm. oh i did this so i have because this my anxiety and depression manifests itself as i'm not doing anything i don't matter to the world so mm-hmm. yeah. i give myself the opportunity to accomplish something mm-hmm. or do a workout or get really sweaty anything that like gives me that dopamine kick um it's it's been a, a big thing i like to do is change my environment completely mm. and that helps a lot yeah, it's kind of uh, hard to feel that shitty in the same place. Yeah, and um, which is funny because that always makes me think of the SNL sketch with Adam Sandler as the Italian tour guy. I don't think I remember that. Oh, one. it's fantastic! It's it's a it's from when he hosted pretty recently. He was like here at Romano Tours. He's like, we are not guaranteeing your happiness. If you're sad now, <laughs> you'll be sad in Italy. <laughs> like it's it's the funniest. Like it's it's a whole thing of like this is not a like life changing thing. Like if you're depressed now, you'll be depressed later. Like just because you just because you're sat on a boat in Italy doesn't mean it's gonna fix automatically. Like it's one of the funniest sketches in the world. It's very accurate because like a lot of the time because sometimes when I would change my environment, I'm like, oh no, I'm so sad. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right. 
but at least you know you're trying something which you know i can appreciate yeah. personally um it's tricky now because in chicago i could literally just go outside for a walk and go somewhere like fucking who knows where but in texas city planning is not great in houston so i can't just do that yeah i hear that you know, I went to South Africa once after a breakup because I was so sad. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go see some elephants and lions. Right. And then you were still sad with the elephants. <laughs> I was still sad with the elephants and the lions and the hippos and the cheetah and the penguins. Okay. But it got better. Hey, someone's bragging. Um, <laughs> Look, man. The cheetahs and the hippos? Okay, dude. The hippos, I'd be like, okay, but and the cheetahs? And a cheetah. I saw a cheetah, too. It was, you know, first of all. Big fan of South Africa. Mm-hmm. Totally a cool place to go to. And like I think you're right. If you have if you feel a certain way, if there's a gap in your life, moving to a different place isn't gonna fix the gap. Mm-hmm. But there are there is value in not sitting in your shit. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then you come home to the same shit and you're like, I need to clean this shit up. And then you clean the shit up and you feel great. Yeah. Well, it matters, right? It like does. You, you get away from it a little bit, and it's like, oh, it's not real. It's not true. I don't have to sit with this for forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, tell me about your podcast. Oh, uh, Death and Friends? Yeah. Yeah, Death and Friends. Um, it's a history pod. It's so uh, just like every other comedian during the pandemic, I started a podcast with a friend. <laughs> I mean, how how dare you? I know. Get it's into not, my market. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, we give self-help. Um, <laughs> we're also former uh, lawyers. Uh, <laughs> and we're certified coaches. No. Um, no, by the way, very impressed. When you when you, when you you send me the initial invite, I was like, Jesus, and they want to talk to me? Why? It's going to be a real sad episode, but go ahead. Because uh, sure. Whitney said that you're amazing and uh, you're a magician, you. and I trust Whitney, and you are. So. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I love Whitney. If you haven't listened to This Is Not Advice with Whitney Wasses, we recommend it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Death and Friends, right. <laughs> Death and Friends. So we started this podcast. Um, my co-host, Nash, um, they have a degree in death ways, which is uh, for long. The easiest way to describe it is like funerals and like death okay. death myths and the works. Like they are certified, like good at the history of death. And I'm the co-host. And so. <laughs> <laughs> You're certified at. Being there too. <laughs> I am also there. Um, no, we had met. Um, a big thing that happened during the pandemic was uh, Zoom hangs and just hanging out with other comedians to not get rusty. And we had met at one of those and like we vibed really well. And then um, she, uh, and then she was like, "Hey, come on the show. We'll book you." And then I did, and I did the show. And then, long story short, we became friends over Zoom. And she was like, hey, there's a thing I've been trying to work on for the longest, but like no one wants to do it. And I was like, okay, well, what is it? Thank you for bringing it to me, your eighth choice. And she, <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, well, no. Nah. And then she was like, no, it's honestly, it's something that I don't think I can just show anybody. So you're actually one of the first people. I was like, okay, cool. What is it? And it was this idea of a history podcast about death and the myths of death and important moments and how death shapes history. I was like, that's incredible. That's incredible. I'll absolutely do that. Yes, please. What do I need to do? And like, um, 
And then we started the podcast. We do these shorter episodes because we both hate um, a lot of history podcasts are like unnecessarily long. Mm -hmm. You're like, why is this a four part series and each episode is two hours? (laughs) You know, just give me the Cliff's Notes version. Don't get me wrong. I still listen to them because the hosts are great and stuff. But, you know. Yeah. But it's still a lot. Like, it could be like a trek versus like, here's like a half an hour, 45 minutes at most. Like, I think the longest episode we did was like 40 minutes. And like, to be honest, like eight minutes of that was bloopers. Because <laughs> we put bloopers at the end. Uh, just because I really love Jackie Chan movies. And I was like, the best parts of the movies is the bloopers at the end. <laughs> So we got to put bloopers. Oh, my God. That should be your whole magic act. It's just bloopers. Uh, fun fact. A big part of my magic act is at first it starts out with a, I'm like, ah, I'm going to try this trick. Like it, it, it low key starts with like me fucking up tricks. And then at the end, I do a big trick that everybody's like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I knew what I was doing the whole time. you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. And so we do this great little history podcast and we are about to start a second season. Um. I don't know when this airs, but uh, the second season starts October 7th, so if it's... Oh, it'll be after. The second season has already started. Yeah, there you go. The second season's hot and ready for you. Just get in there. (laughs) But yeah, and it's been super fun, and like uh, we basically, the way we've set it up is we do like two seasons a year. We take a small break. I mean, we take a break. We say we take a break, but we just work twice as hard to make new episodes. But you know, and do you like, like cover specific topics or yeah, yeah, we do. Guests? Yeah, um, we uh, we talk about um, like our first episode was about the Black Death, you know, the plague, uh-huh. and we talk about how like how important that was into shaping history and like how that affected the world. We talk about like um, certain like figures in history that may not be known as like nearly as well either. Um, like we we talk about Lacusta, uh, Emperor Nero's personal poison person. Oh my god! Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like he had a person that would just make poisons for him and be like, "You there, poison her?" She'd be like, "Yes, of course," <laughs> <laughs> and she would go do that and like and stuff like that. And we talk about different cultures. Like, sorry, um, we talk about different cultures. Um, like we talk about like the Aztecs. For an episode uh-huh. and that was like a super fun just because you know it was really connected to my culture more importantly like you learn a lot about uh these cultures and how freaking insane a lot of them are well i i think any culture is insane from the outside yeah but when you're adorning <laughs> when you're adorning pyramids with skulls you know it's a thing <laughs> is it or is it just an homage to you know human humans sure i love it cor- the corpus of humanity. You know what? Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and like we we take a chance to, you know, punch up while we do the show and stuff and, and to kind of make fun of like a lot of these kind of messed up uh, concepts in our world, like colonialism and uh, classism and stuff like that. We we always make fun of racism. Like we call it our, our friend who invites himself to the party every time, racism. Oh, racism's always yeah. there, man. And we talk about like other important stuff. Like we have an episode on Frankenstein because it's like, hey, this is kind of important because it actually linked to something very important in history. And we do an episode about werewolves because it has a lot to do with uh, one of the first serial killers ever. Um, Ooh. Yeah, stuff like that. And then like uh, our big season finale, we talked about Lizzie Borden. 
uh, the murder, the the she murdered her parents, right? Did she? I don't know. Yeah, listen to the episode. You might find out. All right. <laughs> hey, yeah, just stuff like that, and like you know, and we're silly billies, and so like it's just a bunch of dumb bits. It, it, it's like uh, I like to think of it as like, what if like somebody with the radio lab budget of like effects and stuff just did a comedy show <laughs> so because there's a lot of sound bits and like just we have way too much fun doing it and i think that comes across in the show i'll and definitely have a listen and everyone else should too yeah season two we're starting it off big we're talking about um we're talking about uh the salem witch trials it's spooky season so might as well make it happen that way i mean there's a lot of history in that and then some yeah. Well, okay. I wrap it up with a couple of questions. Go for it. I'll try How to can, answer them not so long-winded. It's okay. How can we support you? Like, what help would be supportive for you? Uh, my cash app is no. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, how can you support me? You can definitely. Oh no, computer. No, sorry. Don't and, do. Don't not his computer. <laughs> yeah. Don't be my computer. Um. Uh, my computer's bugging out. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um. Sorry, uh, you could support me, I think, by just kind of listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be a super great help because it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, it's funny because when I was listening to the episode with Whitney, um, she was talking about how like she had tr- kind of found her new place as a, as a cartoonist over being a comedian. And I'm starting to find my place more in like not just being a comedian, but like being a podcaster. I'm really enjoying doing that. And, you know, if I, if for whatever reason it ends up that I'm not performing nearly as much and I'm just a podcaster, I'm also okay with that. So, so the big thing is, you know, follow my podcast and give it a listen. Death and Friends podcast. Um, uh, That's on Instagram, Death and Friends podcast on, on Twitter. It's death and death, a podcast. Nice. Uh, Yeah. It's a great time. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at gorilla jokes, G U E double R I double L A jokes. I have to spell it out every time because people think it's gorilla, like the monkey. Yeah, but I get no, it. it's it's the warrior version of gorilla, not yeah. the like African overland ape version of. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank You're you. Welcome. Yeah, I would say that's that's the best way to do it, and I would say the other the other the other biggest way to support me is to support POC and support. Um arts made by people that aren't like white dudes in big general. fan of that i i yeah, yeah don't get me wrong make- they make great stuff sometimes but there's so much more great stuff out there that we don't know just because it doesn't get the attention i try to make this podcast not a super white podcast and i appreciate that <laughs> i don't know if i'm doing a great job but i do think i'm doing an okay job at it <laughs> you're trying and you know what that's a win and you should give yourself that one thank you I don't need to like white savior myself in this though. And no, thank you. No, of course. Oh no, no um, I'll shut that shit down real fast. Don't worry. Cool. <laughs> hey, so what will success look like for you? Ooh, what a question. What will success look like for me? Um success will look like um I I get excited to do work. Uh, but the work is something I actually want to do. So I think success mm-hmm. is I get to live off performing again. And like, it doesn't mean I have a giant house. It doesn't mean I have money and cars. It just means I can live a very reasonable life. 
uh, where I can pay my bills, eat out every once in a while, and buy some dumb wrestling shit every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's success for me. So you want to have a house big enough to have a room full of wrestling gear is Mm -hmm. what you're saying? Uh, No, I think I I want an apartment with, um, with enough room to where I have to explain some of the stuff on my walls. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. You know, like, I'm not like, I need a wrestling room. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a wrestling belt on the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a Power Ranger poster on the wall. Yeah. Look, I've never had this much room before. Okay. I didn't know what to put on the walls. <laughs> well, I can't wait till you have that like next year. And then we'll talk about the house with the wrestling room. Yeah, there you go. And then by the next, yeah, by the next time we have a, a conversation, it'll be like, yes, I only eat the finest caviar straight from the farms. <laughs> I don't, I don't think rich people even eat caviar anymore. I don't uh, know what rich people eat. Um, I think it's less children? food that's green. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, they just take IV directly into their bloodstream. I think mm-hmm. now is that a thing? Probably. Um, no, I, you know, I always used to make this joke and I think it's very true. Success is going to be the day I can go to a Chipotle and order a bowl with guac and be okay with it. Ah. You know what I mean? I, I get that. It's like. It's extra. And you're like. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, it's the relationship to the extra more than it is. Can you have it? It's like, do you feel okay with giving yourself what you want? Oh, there you go. You know, you are a pro at this. You made a dumb bet really into am. like, <laughs> God damn. I was making a dumb joke and you were like, well, Angel, this actually means and I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm getting fucking bodied in this podcast. You're welcome. I'm thank getting you. emotionally bodied in the best way possible. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest on This Is Not Advice. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. Hey, thank you for letting me ramble for an hour. It's all. It's a pleasure. It's all ours. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is not advice. Is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio. 